Happy New Year, 2019. <laughs> Yay, we're already off to a horrible start. Woo. Not because of this movie, but just in general. <laughs> yes. We're back from our kind of extended holiday break that we took because we were tired and we yeah. didn't want to. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I don't want to watch something and then talk about it. That's too much work. <laughs> it's way too much work. This movie is a lot of emotional labor, first of all. Yes. This is a horror movie. <laughs> this is not a romantic movie. A nice horror movie. In the sense <laughs> that it's very cutesy mm-hmm. and it has a nice message at the I end. I actually really wanted to take the trailer of this earlier and like edit it into a horror movie, but I don't really know what sites to use anymore for downloading that stuff, and I'm scared of the police. So... <laughs> I didn't do that. But in seeing the trailer, I noticed that they had, for the music, Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. And it's just like, what a a vast misrepresentation of what you're actually going to (laughs) get. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw the trailer for this movie. It is... You should go watch it, honestly, after this, because it's so funny how not of the tone. I mean, like, I get what they're going for, but they're making it seem like such a comedy, romantic comedy, like, beautiful movie. And it's it's not really. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, it really doesn't have a happy ending either, in my opinion. I mean, I kind of think, because I feel like the message of the movie, it's like, yeah, this relationship is doomed to fail, but it doesn't mean it was a waste. It doesn't mean it wasn't worth something. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that it's not happy. I I think it's pretty happy. It's like kind of neutral, I think. Yeah. But it also kind of almost suggested to me that they're going to just keep doing it. And in the original script, apparently it was 50 years later and Clementine had um, erased him like 20 times or something over that course. So they just kept making the same mistakes over and over. Like at the end when they're on the beach, it just keeps like looping the same bit over and over again. I I guess that is something that's kind of like up for interpretation. I feel like the the thing that got thrown in there was Kirsten Dunst's character sending everyone their tapes. Yeah. I mean, that has still like, I'm wondering what that wound up doing to that guy's business and also like this can't be legal (laughs) no like this can't be like something we can't really get into the logistics of how such a thing would even work in the first place Mm because you know it never would like you'd never be able to pick out memories like that but yeah it's like how is this a thing yeah (laughs) that's allowed to happen yeah and how is it not something regulated and yeah sort of thing you don't hear about it other than them anywhere like any other time in the movie but it's also like not crazy unheard of so it's not kind of not clear if like all of the characters have never heard of this and it's just a super niche thing that people find out about or what yeah maybe it's like a word of mouth thing where like people didn't know was a thing until they get those little cards in the mail yeah and they're like what's this okay i mean i feel like in universe it probably something that's like kind of underground yeah and it's like a new technology kind of like oh my god was it that that ice thing where they like where like uh, they suck out the fat by putting ice on your stomach oh the cryogenic um yeah yeah, cool sculpting yeah cool sculpting that was it i was like i was about to say ice sculpture and i was like that's not what it is (laughs) yeah uh 
but yeah. Yeah, I remember that Tati did a video on that, I think. Yeah, yeah. She was like, oh my god, it actually worked. But then, like, later, now that she's not exactly as credible, it's like, well, well, she's probably lying about that, too. Probably. (laughs) I didn't know that we were doing another horror movie. (laughs) So, I'm Lita. I'm Jackie. And this is Why Haven't You Watched That? Speaking of horror movies, if you guys hear some spooky sounds in the background, it's not ghosts. It's just very windy. <laughs> and you can hear it extremely loudly from my room. Yeah, we've had some crazy wind here, too. We've had a couple windstorms, apparently, and, like, people have lost power. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'll be still awake at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I just suddenly hear the wind start howling outside. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I feel like when this movie starts... Kate Winslet's character seems like the very stereotype of a manic pixie dream girl. She seems like a fucking crazy person. Yeah, and like like that's what a manic pixie dream girl is, is crazy too. Not in a cute way though. Like nothing she does is cute or like endearing at all. Like she's kind of being really creepy. She literally like hits him on the train. She's being super creepy and forceful and weird. And if any, like, I've had people act like that to me before, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, I feel like she would have been really off-putting to me, and also Joel would have, is, like, off-putting to me as well. Yeah. They're both pretty strange and, like, off in their own ways. Yeah. Um, like, every memory that they showed of them, you're kind of like, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you were normal, you wouldn't be having this many problems. <laughs> like the pillow suffocating. Yeah, that specifically. Yeah. I mean, but- I feel like the actors managed to make it look more playful mm-hmm. and loving. But if you just describe it, it's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> They're trying to suffocate each other with a pillow? Yeah. Okay. It's like also kind of something, the way that they act together seems more like something that like siblings would do playing weird games and stuff like that because you don't have anything else to entertain you and like the suffocating thing makes me think of something that like my sister and I would have done jokingly as kid okay you play dead now you know yeah I I didn't get that because I'm an only child and I I have no frame of reference (laughs) (laughs) uh so any complexes that any of you guys think that Jackie has just blame it on the fact that her parents didn't have another kid (laughs) yeah just you know you can blame everything Blame everything <laughs> on my only child syndrome. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna leave it at you can blame everything on me. <laughs> just blame it all on me. All the world's problems, all of society's ills. It's Jackie's fault. Somehow. Late capitalism is because of Jackie. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. Anyways, that opening scene, I what I knew about this movie going in was that I think I watched part of it, like the beginning of it once, um, and then I didn't finish it. Probably because my mom was like, wow, this seems really depressing. Let's watch something else. <laughs> um, and I, I think that I kind of knew that the beginning was the ending because of the whole meet me at Montauk thing. Yeah. Um, excuse me. No. <laughs> but anyways, the opening scene, I just, I love the way this movie was shot and the, the practical effects. Yes. Just the, the set dressing. It, everything tells you a lot about what's actually going on in that opening scene with like the shades up and sleeping on the futon and waking up and being like 
ugh, this is this is not right. Like something's amiss, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that feeling exactly. Like waking up and realizing that you didn't even shut the blinds or something, and you're like, damn, am I sick? Am I... What's going on? Yeah, the practical effects in this movie, everything feel... All the special effects feel so real and so visceral, but also very surreal at the same time. Yeah. And, like, like it's something from a dream. Yeah. And I, the director... I, they did that so well. Yeah, Michel Gondry, the director for this, he also used these same techniques in his film The Science of Sleep, mm-hmm. which... Guess what that's about? And... <laughs> And he, he goes, like, above and beyond what he did here, too, from what I can remember of when I saw it. it I, I didn't enjoy it as much as this movie, but, yeah, yeah the he's really good at, like, uh, practical effects like that. He was part of, like, this one group of directors who, around, like, the late 90s and early 2000s, were all a bunch of, like, male music video directors who were oh, then yeah. hired to make movies. Because they made music videos that were really weird, and, like, Spike Jones and a couple other people, and... But I feel like he taps into something, like, unconscious. Yeah. And all of us, that's really, like, cool to see, and it doesn't feel like a gimmick. Yeah. I think that I've seen some of Science of Sleep, and he also did Be Kind Rewind, which... Yes. And the Green Hornet, apparently... (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked at IMDb page. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually liked the Be Kind Rewind with um, most stuff and I think Jack Black. Yeah, it was Jack Black. I actually liked it. I know that it got panned, but... <laughs> yeah, I saw that in theaters and I remember liking same. it fine and then never see it, saw it again. Yeah, but... <laughs> same same thing, but it like it made an impression, whereas yeah, yeah. a lot of movies that I do that with don't make an impression, you know? Exactly, yeah. We were talking about how... She just doesn't even seem endearing at the beginning, and I was like, uh, how am I supposed to buy that these people are going to be in love? Because, like, you know, oh, I'm putting a tiny bottle of alcohol in my coffee in the morning. That's not, like, it's not a good thing. That means you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, like, cute or quirky. It's no. a sign of alcoholism, which they, it's not something they, like, it, the movie doesn't really, like, sweep that under the rug too much either, because their drinking becomes a problem in their relationship. Yeah. But it's just funny that, you know, from the other side of it, when you don't remember that it became a problem, that you would see that in the morning and still be intrigued by this person. Yeah, it just kind of like, it's like, sort of, sort of shows how like empty Joel's life is in a way. Yeah. He even says so himself, he's like, why do I fall in love with anyone who gives me the slightest bit of attention? Yeah. Um, and he's living with a woman, and there's a scene in the bookstore where she's kind of asking him if he's married, and he said he's not married, but I don't know, there's like a weird thing there. Yeah, I feel like what was going on with that is they're probably in the stage where they're sort of pre-engaged, you know, where like you're about to propose, or you know you should be about to propose, but you're not doing it for whatever reason. That's what that felt like to me. Yeah. I agree. Like, it's an extremely serious relationship, and the next step is marriage, but obviously he throws that out the window. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, we don't know anything about Naomi, or anything about their relationship, really, I don't think. Yeah, I mean... He says a couple vague things, I think, but, like... Yeah. It, it's The movie's not about them, so, of course, it's not gonna delve into that too much, I guess, but... Yeah, I guess there were a couple deleted scenes with her, either... 
and voice or in body too um but they didn't make it into the main cut because i guess they just don't really yeah it's not it's not not really necessary um, also, what was she sniffing at the beginning? Was it glue? Was it like I don't cocaine know. or something? Like, I really do. I don't think was it, it was menthol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't think it was cocaine. I'm not sure what that was. I don't think it was cocaine either. But it was like I couldn't figure out if it was glue or if it was one of those like menthol sticks that's supposed to open up your nose. Maybe that's what because like I was watching her do it and she was like, I don't know. It's in like this weird tube. Yeah. So I was like, this isn't coke. So I'm like, yeah. what is it then? <laughs> but she also does act like she's high a lot, you know? Yeah, so. she does. I do appreciate that they kind of, like, obviously this movie knows what it's doing in that it's not saying this is a good idea and these people are doing the right thing. Yeah. It's just saying, like, this is a human experience and you need to be able to remember people and yeah. overcome them and learn from your mistakes and stuff exactly, like that. Yeah. Um, that so yeah. I like Otherwise that it, you're doomed to repeat them over and over. Yeah, so I like that it's actually kind of deconstructing the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I think this is one of the few movies that people have cited that do that. Yeah, and I, I people also cite this as an example of it, and it's like, that's literally, like, not the point of the movie. Even her character says, she's like, I'm not, like, gonna fix your life. I got my own problems. Yeah. Well, like, that's... And I've, then he proceeds to not listen, but... <laughs> yeah. I get mad when people say that about Scott Pilgrim, too, that, like, Ramona Flowers is a manic pixie dream girl, because, like, kind of, but also it's definitely commenting on the trope. Yeah. It comments on a lot of tropes yeah, it does. in that movie. Like, I, I also saw somebody cite that movie as, um, like, Asian girls having blue sh- or colorful streaks in their hair, like... A lot of the times, the only Asian character in a movie will have, like, cool streaks in her hair because she's, like, the cool, edgy Asian girl. But literally, the only reason that she dyes her hair is because Ramona has her hair dyed and she's jealous of her. And then, like, it's a commentary and she's one of the people that have the best character arc because she's like, I'm too good for you anyway, Scott. I'm also, like, really badass and cool now. So I just hate (laughs) when people take one little thing from something and focus only on that, and don't take any of their context clues. Yeah, cinema-sensing it, I think, yeah. is the proper term. <laughs> like, just pay attention. And also, like, people are like, oh, cinema-sense is comedy, you're taking it too seriously. Cinema-sense, first of all, it takes itself too seriously, because yeah. its so-called jokes are not even jokes, they're just nitpicking. Yeah. And it's, like, presented in a way like, they're saying it like it's a joke, but it's not a joke. And it's just very tiresome to watch. It's also just, like, I hate the guy's voice. Yeah, me too. I mean, I did <laughs> I did watch them a lot for a while. Yeah. Before, like, I was, eventually I was getting to the point where I was like, this is all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like it. So, with jumping off the CinemaSins discourse, um, <laughs> and going back to, actually, the hair dyeing, which is actually something I wanted to get into, yeah. It does actually tie together very nicely. Okay, so an actual good video criticism channel, Screen Prism, just did a video about Eternal Sunshine. They get into this thing where, like, with a, uh, Clementine's changing hair color kind of, like, symbolizes, like, the different phases of their relationship. Yeah. And, like, how blue is, like, winter and, like, orange is, like, and all this other stuff. I'll put a link to it on Twitter once this episode airs. But yeah. But that is an example of a channel that is actually able to analyze and watch films correctly, <laughs> even yeah. if it's not a comedy channel. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, there's plenty of them out there, and it's just, it's a bummer when you just want to hate on something and not say anything good about it at all, and you just, I don't know. But, I mean, we talk about stuff like that all the time. I just can't imagine overhearing these people on a train and not being concerned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would probably, like, move to another car at one yeah. point. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what, I'm not here for this. I'm just trying to get to work. <laughs> yeah. So the actual process itself, I think that it's really... Uh, a sign of the times that they had these very not together people getting this treatment and lots of people getting this treatment and if this actually existed in real life especially now like maybe not in 2004 but especially now this procedure would be so expensive oh absolutely. because it's like a crazy experimental specialized field it would be so so expensive and the way that those two people were living, they did not have the money to go through no. a very expensive treatment like this. It'd be like only the rich people just erasing yeah. their memories of how they use slave labor to get their riches. You know, that's yeah. the people that'd be able to afford it. Yeah. And like watching this too, I, I keep thinking about like what a violation it is to have your memory be erased from someone. Yeah. The memory of you be erased from someone. Like, can you like... I can't even imagine that, like, going up to someone and you don't even necessarily know what you did and mm -hmm. they don't recognize you. That's, like, insane. There's, like, a whole history there that's now just gone from their memory. It's, <laughs> it's, it's nuts. <laughs> I wish that certain people would erase me from their memories, but I don't think that I would erase anyone from my memories. I was about if... to ask you if you would do that. No, I mean, even stuff that I look back at and I'm like, wow, why did that happen? It's all for a reason, you know? It I don't is. think I'd be the same person now. Not that I'm, like, that great of a person, but I think that I I'd think be a worse a person. person. <laughs> I think you're a good person, Lita. But yeah, like, the, the message of this movie, too, is the relationships we have with other people really help form and shape us. And I feel like Joel, at the beginning of both the times he meets Clementine is different than how he was after. Because yeah. at the end, he was much more assertive. Yes. He was much more, like, forthcoming and, like, confident. Whereas at the beginning, he's, like, extremely, like, oh, huh, I'm here, I, uh, I'm here, I guess, anxiety, I'm gonna leave yeah. now, bye. <laughs> and so, like, even if it was, it did wind up being a shit time, and when you are heartbroken, it does make sense to just want to be like, I just want to forget this person completely. I yeah. don't want to see them ever again. I just want them gone forever from my mind. I don't want to remember anything that's happened. But it's it, it helped you become who you are for better and for worse. Yeah. See, strangely enough, I don't think that I ever, even in like the depths of the really, really bad times, I don't think I ever was like, I want to just forget that they ever existed. Yeah. I mean, I... I sort of felt like that about a few unrequited crushes that were dumb <laughs> but <laughs> but like you, you don't really you don't really want to erase the person no as which is what joel discovers when you know he is in the middle of getting his memories erased and i can't believe like like they're saying to like oh man this has never happened before i'm like yeah. this has to have happened yeah he's not it's, <laughs> he's not that special of a, of a boy he like yeah no you know. he's the only one who realized mid-procedure that he didn't want this person to be gone once he got back to the happy parts of the relationship yeah. you know well <laughs> there is a reason for that though i think because most of the other people that had people erased, they 
probably just seemed like they were ghosting. And their family probably didn't show the other person the card, you know, because um, Joel's friends are, I don't, who are they to him? Um, They show him the card. So that's why he like rushes and he makes the impulsive decision that he wants to do it too. Yeah, but she also made a very impulsive decision too. Yeah, but she was more committed to her as always. He wasn't, he wasn't impulsive by nature. So when he did that, it, it was more likely that he would switch back. And also because it was her decision to go on her own. His decision was reactionary to hers. Yeah. That so, makes sense. And I think they mentioned in the doctor's office that um, no one like that no one should see this, so th- it kind of implies that no one had seen their card before. Yeah, that whose memory had been erased from someone. Yeah. Imagine getting that card in the mail. <laughs> Being like, what the fuck is this? I feel like, unless you already know what it is, you would not take that seriously at all. No. I feel like, I feel like, what? This is a prank. Whatever. I'll yeah. see them tomorrow and be like, hey, I got this weird card. And then when they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. What? And then they don't have any memory of even getting the procedure done either. So it's like, I feel that's, like cra- that's It crazy. would be so hard to control that. Like, I don't think that any of those people would have actually followed the directions like I think that maybe that's why people went back for multiple sessions yeah because I was just about to also ask um they're erasing his entire memory in that one night so why are there people that make multiple appointments yeah you know I I feel like also the same thing must happen where you run into the person again oh and yeah it starts again yeah, and yeah. It's, <laughs> that must be a thing unless you move very far away but then how would you know to move far away because mm-hmm. you don't remember unless that's like part of the package that's the upgrade they, the <laughs> doctor's like why don't you go to Fiji <laughs> just a suggestion we'll send you the tickets in the mail you just want a trip yeah <laughs> to the Bahamas I can't believe how unethical it was that the doctor had an affair with his receptionist yeah. then erased her memory and then continued letting her be his receptionist. Yeah, what was that shit? And also like the way he said the tape is like we both agreed this was the best. It was clearly him pushing her to forget. Yeah. It. And she was crying be like I don't want to do this. She clearly didn't want to like lose those memories. Yeah. Because it was a crap situation, but like Mark Ruffalo's character said, Larry, he he was like, you were happy with a secret, mm-hmm. and she looked like so sad when he said that, and it's yeah. like, oof. And then again, like, it goes into the thing where you're repeating the exact same mistakes you already made, she does it again. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to remember in order to learn, yes. which is a very basic thing to say, <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> it is, but, but it's people, true. people seem to not realize that sometimes yeah and a lot of people refuse to learn even though they keep doing the same thing over and over even with their memories intact so yeah like you remember how this went badly the first time right (laughs) yeah and yet here we are once again yeah um, I didn't like that Clem touched a random baby in the flea market. That was creepy. I don't yeah, think people creepy. do that. <laughs> but I think th- at that point, been well established. He was kind of like nuts. So. Yeah, yeah. And he was probably right to be like, "Do you think you should be a mom?" <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> she would be oh, a man. horrible mother. It, I'm sure she would love mother... her kid. Sure, but she'd be like 
not the best parent. <laughs> no, it's, she'd be like the type of mother that'd be like, we're going to take you out of school today and we're going to go to the carnival. And then yeah. like, you know, halfway through gets upset about something and yells at you and yes. threatens to leave you at the carnival. Yeah, or, I didn't picture that so well. Yeah, like, or like one moment they're doing these crazy cool art projects with you and then the next they're forgetting to pick you up from school like yeah, that's yeah. the kind of mom she'd be oh 100 percent. that it's so crazy disrespectful these people are like boning like as he's getting his <laughs> yeah, I, memory I know, erased like, they're literally dancing on top of him yeah in their underwear it's like guys what are you doing i'm like i know he's unconscious and know you're doing it but this should be weird for you yeah <laughs> like <laughs> do you guys do this at everyone's house like come on it's so strange they just steal everybody's beer and food and stuff and it's just yeah, it's just like talk about unethical yeah and also speaking of which patrick <laughs> elijah wood oh yeah. man i have a, a note that just says creep. elijah <laughs> He's stealing her underwear, and Mark yeah. Ruffalo is horrified at first, and then he laughs about it. And just doesn't say, like, yeah, you guys, you're fucked on the head, you know? Like, what, like, like, what, what is wrong doing? with you? It's like, he was like, you fell in love with her, she was unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it, oh man, describes a certain segment of the male population just so well. Just projecting all this stuff onto yeah. it to somebody <laughs> i feel like there was definitely a lot of commentary that uh, so many people miss from this movie <laughs> like i never hear anyone talk about that side of it i've seen like okay i'm sorry but if you like this movie for the romance and if you are one of those like sad tumblr girls that you know repost stuff that's about clementine and, and you, you know exactly what i mean like yeah, if I you yes. if you know you know you need to seek help. You need to not date anyone for a while. You need to take a you year and you need to find out who you are because you're something else besides sad and yeah. you need to reassess how you relate to people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of like the people who think, Lo like, not a, a, not this extreme, but who think Lolita is a nice love story. Uh, yeah. It's like, seek help, please. Yes, yes please. <laughs> Do not... Like, they do, these two do have their charming moments, but it's not the message of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and you, that's the thing, though, too, is you can have good times with people, but that doesn't mean they're right for you. Exactly. That doesn't mean that you're a functional relationship. It doesn't yeah. mean that any time that you think maybe we should call this off and grow apart from each other, that you think about the good stuff and say, well, I'll stay, you know? Yeah, that, that's the trap, too. Yeah. Because if... If you're at a point in a relationship where the only reason you're staying is because of memories of how your relationship used to be, that's get when out. you need to get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, don't date someone that puts whiskey in their coffee in the middle of the morning on, like, a random yeah. weekday. Yeah. It's Just don't. a big red flag. If you want to be their friend and help them, sure, but, I mean, don't befriend them just to help them. That's a little condescending. Yeah, I was I think about they'd to say appreciate that's, that. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Uh, don't date someone like that. Don't get into that because no. they need to sort some things out and it's okay. But like, you don't just, need to you're gonna, be part of it. You you're going to make your own it worse. Stuff going on, man. Yeah. You got your own issues. <laughs> yeah. Da, da, da. I think I've, I keep covering my notes like way far in advance. A fun fact is that the woman that played Carrie, uh, one of the only facts on her IMDb is that she performed at the Seattle Repertory Theater. Oh. Which is like somewhere that I walk by a lot. Cool. Yeah. 
We haven't seen any plays yet, but we plan to. <laughs> I don't think I uh, ever went there when I lived there. I don't think There's, so. We didn't do a lot of things we should have done. Yeah. We wound up going to, like, the same five places all the time. <laughs> well, we do that, too. Like, we were always like, oh, we should go to the ballet or, like, the theater. Or we should go watch some improv. And we just end up going out to eat and then going home. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's too much effort, you know? It really is. And a lot of things are an unexpected amount of money. And you're, like, not sure if you're going to enjoy it enough to actually warrant spending it, you know? Um, we we'll always have these good ideas of stuff that we should do, and then I'm like, but I don't really want to spend $50 on it, you know? <laughs> I was just looking up, uh, the company call is called Lacuna, mm -hmm. and the definition is an unfilled space or interval, a gap, so that's a clever name hmm. for the company that takes away parts of your memory. <laughs> I feel like it's, um, from the Latin for tears, but I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, it's just from lake, pit, cleft, or pool. Lacuna coil means empty spiral. I don't know what I'm thinking of. What is it? I don't know. Maybe it's okay. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> um, another fun fact, uh, the parade oh. scene was real. They went to an actual parade and just filmed there in character. That's cool. Yeah. Because you, like, you watch it and you kind of wonder, like, where did they get the budget for the elephants? The freaking elephants, yeah. <laughs> Multiple elephants, no less. But no, it was just like a real parade that was happening. They actually did um, a lot of practical effects and, and usages like that. Also, just an aside, I was thinking of Lacrima, which is um, for, for tears like Lake Lacrimos in... Um, so Lacuna, <laughs> Lacuna is the lake part of it, and I connected those two, because that's how my brain works, unfortunately, sometimes. Well, it's close enough, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. At the end, when the tide is coming up at the house, they just built the house, like, on the beach. Yeah. They just built it there. They were like, okay, here's a house now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I ow. I always appreciate, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> ow. <laughs> I'm not going to explain what happened. I'm just going to let you all wonder why I suddenly said ow. Um, it really does always look better practical effects, as we've said multiple times on yeah. here. It wouldn't look any... Like, because it looks more surreal the more real it looks. Yes. You know? I was going to say, it wouldn't look so surreal if it was just CGI, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's like, it reminds me of... Um, there's an episode of Buffy, and I know that you haven't seen Buffy, but it's one of my favorite ones, and it was, like, the filler ending episode at the end of the fourth season that was a bad season, but I really like this episode, and they you move through several characters' dreams, and those characters move through set pieces in a very surreal way, and the way that they did a lot of the filming for it is just they used the sets where they were actually located in the studio so like you, a character goes out a door and the basement set and ends up on the college campus or something and they that's just what how the sets were built so they used that to their advantage and it ended up being really cool because the characters are like physically entering different spaces like cool. how dreams shift like that for no reason and it's just yeah. like okay totally normal uh something else i want to talk about too is how like Jim Carrey was able to just kind of like transition so well from doing just strictly comedy to taking on more dramatic roles and how that's like a common thing for comedians to be able to do 
Yeah, because I think that a lot of them come from places of being depressed and being able to tap into their emotions like that. Yes. And and knowing why they're laughing to get away from something else. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, the humor disguises something darker and deeper. And also, like, uh, comedians, when they've been trained, they have, like, a better sense of timing. Yes. And you don't really see very often dramatic actors going to comedy because mm-hmm. comedy is a lot more difficult and it's a much different beast than just like straight on dramatic acting yeah it is there's a lot more subtleties i think that go into it if you don't have the know-how in both things yeah it's like a whole different kind of training whereas i feel like transitioning from comedy into drama is a much more seamless transition I mean, I don't really, I'm not super familiar with this, but, like, uh, I feel like Chris Hemsworth is a good example of it going the opposite direction. Yeah. Because, like, he was, like, action star guy, and then, I mean, he had, like, comedic moments in Thor and stuff, but then, like, he was doing, like, a couple of just street comedies. Yeah. For a little bit, and it was uh, like, he's hilarious. Like, Channing why is he Tatum. not in more comedies? <laughs> Channing Tatum, too. Yeah, yeah, Because Channing Tatum he was in well. a bunch of, like, weird movies like that, and he's actually got amazing comedic timing. Like... 21 Jump Street, I didn't like the first one, really. I watched the second one, and I probably liked it more because we were drinking. Um, (laughs) But that was hilarious. Like, I thought that they were both great in that movie. And it's obviously a stupid, stupid movie, but, like, the timing on so many of his jokes are just... They're really good. I never saw the second one, actually. I just saw the first one. I think that, the the, to me, the second one felt better. Even though Brie Larson is in the first one like before she got her oh, Oscar. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Forgot about that. When that was when she was like still working like every so often. And, and that's another Scott Pilgrim reference to. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know it's so funny. I knew about Brie Larson from a Disney Channel original movie <laughs> called Right on Track. That was about two sisters that were junior drag racers. And I really liked that movie because we used to go to the drag races when I was a kid and I thought that it was really cool that it was about girls doing it. And the one girl from Seventh Heaven was the main character, but Brie Larson was her little sister. And Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the first things that she was in. Uh, But they've both actually gone and seen their, like, real-life counterparts race um, since they filmed that. Wait, do I? I think I saw that movie. It sounds really familiar. She, like Beverly Mitchell, she's like really, really good at the junior drag racing. Yeah, and there's yeah, like yeah, sexism yeah, yeah. and she's also on the volleyball team and her team yeah. doesn't like her. Yeah, I did see this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked that. <laughs> and also Erica Enders, the girl that she was playing, um, the older sister, she was the first woman to win a really big title in the NHRA. And she yeah. races funny cars now, I think, instead of drag racing cars, cool. dragsters. So this stuff seems so scary to me. I can't. E- I can't even drive normally. <laughs> I was gonna say it just. That's just because you don't drive normally. It's not so bad. Um, I'm gonna blame. This makes no sense. But I'm gonna blame me not driving now, to me not getting that fucking jeep you could actually drive around oh my god i wanted one of those when i was a kid too. oh my god it was the only thing i really wanted that i never got i was like i was a spoiled only child they were expensive also we didn't have a backyard yeah (laughs) there was nowhere for me to drive the thing okay (laughs) well here's the thing with those because i actually knew a couple people that did have them but it was one of those things that they didn't actually have like a good shelf life like they had these like little mini car batteries in them and they were really hard to replace i think 
and mm. they just went bad really quickly so they just like weren't actually that good of a thing to buy and they were really expensive so they would just be rotting in the corner of my friend's backyards and we'd be like we want to go on the little jeep and they're like oh it's broken we can't <laughs> <laughs> that sucks yeah, but yeah, I never got one of those either, and I was like, I want one! I want to put my Barbie in it and drive her around! <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna flip the switch on this. Yeah. I'm gonna be driving. <laughs> I used to take my little Hot Wheels cars and race them down my slide that I had on my swing set, and <laughs> my favorite one was one that had a crushed-in roof, because I was, like, racing multiple ones at a time, and then, like, one slammed into the other and dented its roof. Wow. And I was like, it's my favorite one because it's seen I'm some shit. I'm picturing this happening in, like, slow motion, <laughs> like, instant replay. <laughs> like, yeah. in a 90s Hot Wheels commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love little... That's another thing that I never got until I was, like, older and it was kind of a joke present, is a little Hot Wheels racing track. Like, I had the cars, but I never had the tracks that were powered. Mm. Oh, and I was yeah, very yeah. bitter about it. I never had those. I never really wanted it. <laughs> I really liked stuff like that. I liked anything that was like a roller coaster or like a loop-de-loop type thing that you could make your toys go around. I, I, I the thing like is, I, 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 I mean, I like the concept of those fine. It was the whole putting them together thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> putting anything together like that, like those kinetics things. We're getting yeah. vastly off topic. But we're talking about childhood memories, which is sort of... Uh, related, so. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, that scene with him under the table. Yeah, that, that was... was... Yeah, that was Jim Carrey's time to shine. <laughs> I read that they kept telling him that this is a drama, you can't be funny. Like, they kept telling everybody else, do improv, be funny, and he wasn't allowed to improv, and he was very frustrated about it. Yeah, I would imagine. Because yeah. like, we're going to have the one comedian we have... Yeah, <laughs> not use his comedic skills. So I guess he was able to let loose a little bit in that scene with the comedy. Yeah, and the thing right. with that too is if you're doing comedy correctly, your character is playing it totally straight, like it's real to them. But the thing that's funny is the absurdity of it. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that too. Like, yeah, they're just like, look it's at the, me, it's I'm the, wacky. The scene informs the humor, not necessarily uh, the actor or the comedian. Yeah. And stuff like that. <sighs> That's why there's still people that think, you know, sexist and racist jokes are funny because they Yeah, they're they so edgy. It's like you're upholding the status quo, man. You're not edgy. That's I'm sorry. They were telling these the jokes edge. in the 1940s, man. You're yeah. not edgy. <laughs> yeah. So Jim Carrey used to be like an anti-vaxxer but now he's not with jenny mccarthy anymore so i think that he actually went back on all of that stuff and was like Did he oh, i was stupid i feel like he's still on the anti-vax train i feel like i, I read know. that somewhere i don't know that for sure though i hope that he's not anymore yeah because that was unfortunate yeah <laughs> there's a lot there is a lot if, he, if he's not anymore i'm hoping he's doing something to make amends for that because him and his ex-wife are really honestly i feel like they're the main people responsible for making that a mainstream thing yeah they i think so too because probably it would have been extremely stupid niche conspiracy theory thing amongst a small subset of people but they really they really made people aware of it <laughs> yeah also that that's just that's that's going off onto a whole other tangent but vaccines don't give you autism and even if they did it's better than fucking polio like 
Sorry. Yeah, end of conversation, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have an autistic child over a child dying of polio any day, I don't you know, or people. like a preventable death, like f- the fucking flu or measles or something. I don't know. Stupid. I don't know if you can die from measles, but it seems like something. Like that it, was it's bad. a, it's an, it's something that's fucking unnecessary. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> it's and the measles sucks from what I hear. So it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that any of that stuff would be fun. <laughs> no, not really. I unfortunately got chickenpox before the vaccine came out when uh-huh. I was a kid, and I didn't remember it, luckily, but I'm sure it wasn't fun because it was under my cast and I'd broken my leg a month prior. Ooh, so I can't I, imagine I, that was great. I think I got the vaccine. I never had chickenpox. I did have scarlet fever. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually mentioned this on the podcast before. We did. Before, but I will mention it again though. just because it's fun to say. It makes me feel like I'm from Victorian <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> and you survived. I survived it. They just gave me antibiotics, you know. That's yeah. the, the joy of living in the modern age. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless, you know, don't finish your antibiotics and then bacteria... Oh my god, please please finish your antibiotics. Also, another thing, shooting off of that, we're just really going into a spiral here, but also I think this kind of applies because we're talking about, like, promiscuity and stuff, and there was a lot of assumed promiscuity in this movie, but wear a fucking condom. I don't care if you're on birth control or if you're on prep, wear a condom, because there are things that are just as scary, if not more, than AIDS or a baby. Like, literally, lots of people died of syphilis, and if you don't catch it soon enough... You still die from it. I don't care if penicillin fixes it. Also, gonorrhea is starting to get resistant to antibiotics. And can you imagine if antibiotic-resistant gonorrhea melded with some other STD and made some sort of mutated super disease, and then we have a new AIDS just because people are on PrEP and birth control and don't want to wear a condom. So wear a condom. You guys are stupid. Please. And that's been our government-mandated PSA. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks for the nightmares, Lita. Uh. Listen, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, I I also think it's interesting. It's not like really made clear if Joel's thing with saying she that's how she gets people like her is by fucking them or yeah. at least making them think she's going to. Yeah. How based in reality that is because we, we don't see that at for, all we don't see it we don't see that side of her literally at all in this entire movie yeah so like is it just joel's perspective of things or is it like who knows <laughs> yeah i feel like it's probably a lot of his perspective on things because she multiple times says i don't do that you know yeah like, she's like i don't do that i think and I think that if she was doing that, she would have dropped him so much faster because it's so clear that when they get together that she's so impulsive and, like, we have to do these things now. So, like, she just yeah. wouldn't be coming home for three days and yeah. he'd be like, oh, so you took somebody else to the lake, huh? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's probably a lot of insecurity on his part and also yeah. she's just kind of, like, all over the place in general. So it's like not that much of a leap to think she would maybe impulsively sleep with someone. Yeah, true, but... but that's that's a side of her we don't ever see in the film. So. Yeah, so we don't have any evidence of it. And then maybe. also we see him, like, he, any people that are able to interact with each other easily, he's confused about it, so she's obviously very good at talking to people. Yeah, she's very and outgoing. and That could lead him to, to jealousy, because, like, he's literally at this party with his friends, and he's, like, sitting off by himself 
saying, I don't know what to say. Like, what are you talking about? Your friends are here. Like, you don't know what to say to your it's own friends. It's not like friends. you're at a party by yourself, man. In which yeah. case, I would totally get it. But, like... <laughs> or, like, I don't know if that's supposed to be one of his siblings or something like that. But, like, someone that you know that you came there with and they have to take you home. Yeah. So... <laughs> you're just in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. But you get you get the sense that's just kind of like what he's like all the time. So because yeah. she she frequently complains of being bored and like the multiple scenes of them just like eating takeout and like going out to dinner and she just looks so bored. Yeah. And she's clearly like outgoing and social and all this other stuff. You know, she is a bit like nuts <laughs> and mm-hmm. like she was probably feeling stifled. And suffocated by the fact that he just, like, never really wanted to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's kind of the relationship that Chris and I have, or sometimes how I feel. Because, like, he he's always been the more outgoing one, and I'm more introverted, and I'd like to stay home. But I think that we communicate much better than Yeah, yeah, you guys have a better relationship than Joel and Clementine, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I, They're, those two she's are really even more bonkers e- than yeah, me. Yeah, they are two extremes. Yeah. Somehow wound up together. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it doesn't work. And that's another thing, too. Like you can, like, really love someone and, like, have strong feelings for them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right that you be together forever. Yeah. Of course. You probably will feel that way about several people in your life, you yeah. know? And this is my whole thing, because people seem... Like, they put these weird expectations onto things where it's like, if it doesn't last the rest of your life, then it wasn't real. Yeah, it wasn't which is any good, stupid. Or it wasn't really love or any of this stuff. It's like, people can grow apart and it's fine. People can change and it's okay. And, you know, obviously as long as something abusive is going on, every, it, it, if a relationship ends, it's it doesn't make it less valid. Yeah. <laughs> You know? And also, like, I feel like everything that we see in media is just people breaking up in this tumultuous whirlwind of emotions. And, like, sometimes breakups can just be, like, two people parting ways and everything's yeah. fine. But yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend did that extremely well, spoilers, with um, with Daryl and uh, White Josh. Like, they parted, they were just kind of like, oh, well, this is it. Okay, and then they remain friends, and everything's okay. Yeah. It wasn't some big dramatic thing. And I, Like, obviously, of course, when you're making art or doing, like, film or TV, you want things to be really dramatic. You want there to be really high emotional stakes. But I feel like people model their relationships sometimes too much on media. Yes. And, like, feel like it's not passionate or it's not real love unless you know you're having fights all the time yeah or everything's like really intense constantly and if things like slow down or you get into or you become comfortable with the person that means it's a death sentence and you're falling out of love and you need to get out you need to find the next thing and start like it it, the beginning stage is not gonna last forever and that's okay yeah, that sounds exhausting. Can you imagine, like, oh if you still actually got, you know, butterflies in your stomach every time you saw somebody or your no. heart raced, it would be exhausting. It would be it's like- horrible. It's so much better to finally realize that you don't have to be constantly doing something and passionate and crazy about shit, and you can just, like, be comfortable and feel yeah. secure and feel safe in the yeah. relationship. Like, that's much, much better, in my opinion. <laughs> People get addicted to the exciting part, though. 
Yeah, and that's why so many people have very short-lived relationships, and, and they just date keep, a lot. Just yeah, just keep chasing after the next person. Serial monogamists yeah. and all that stuff. It's just. It's like the reward center and your brain gets broken. Like (laughs) you just always want the instant gratification and you don't, you don't know how to get reward out of things that are not spiking your, um, epinephrine. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, I think that, um, I think this was a pretty good movie. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd watch it again just because it's depressing, but it was really well made, and I liked the colors and the practical effects and the surrealism to it all. Yeah. That is the main draw of it for me. If this was, like, shot, like, just normally in a mundane way straight on, it would not be anywhere near as interesting. No. Uh, the concept is interesting, too, and I feel like... The way the script was written was really good, especially setting it up in the beginning and how confusing it is if you don't know, like, the premise already or you don't know what's going on. And the way it kind of, like, jumps back and forth, it's like we're losing the memories with him, but that's Mm -hmm. how we're also figuring out what's going on in the story. Yeah, I think that it definitely does that non-chronological narrative yeah, the structure very is well. Really well. The, the structure is really well. The structure is really good. <laughs> I was like kind of like combining what I said with what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's not a movie I watch a lot because, like you said, it's pretty depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I do think it's it's overall message is pretty positive. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a good film. But. Actually, all right, so we I watched this today, and then I went to, like, my Facebook memories, and my Facebook memory said, I've tried, it was, like, ten years ago, it was, like, I've tried watch, tried finishing Eternal Sunshine so many times, hopefully I finish it tonight, and I yeah. was, I'm like, dude, that's crazy! Ten years, exactly, like, it was on this exact on day, On this ten day, years ten years ago. It was yeah. nuts. I did finish it, like, after I posted that status, but I remember, actually, I was in college, and I was trying to watch it on a free streaming site. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we did things back in the day. Yeah, even though I had, like, a whole DVD library I could get <laughs> things from, because I went to film school, <laughs> I still was like, I'm too lazy to go to a place, so oh I'm just kind of sitting in my dorm room. Yeah, I think that we had some um, DVDs that you could check out from our college library, too, and also you could check out, like, camera equipment and stuff like that and my friends were always like oh you should do that because you could check out like fancy lenses and I just never did I never took advantage of a lot of the stuff at the school which is kind of a bummer yeah unfortunately for the foundation your students got all the crap equipment so like Uh, (laughs) once you uh specialize your major you can get the better stuff but um hmm. yeah with our films we did we had like crap cameras and unless you happen to be good friends with someone (laughs) who was an upperclassman and had access to the good shit. Yeah. 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 That sucks. I don't know. I never actually tried to get the cameras out of the library, so they might have been reserved for the film school students at FSU, but who knows? You might have been able to swing it if you took a photography class, maybe, or something. Okay, I wanted to take photography as, like, a double major or minor or something like that, but they were so gatekeepy about not... I mean, it's just the way that things are. Um, 
but you couldn't do any photography classes unless you were doing um, a studio or fine art degree. And then you ha were only allowed to take it after your first or second year of the credits for that major. That's it was really weird because we had a dark room on campus and I was like, oh, I really want to do dark room photography again because I hadn't done it since high school. And um, like it would have been just a whole process and I think that you would have had to apply with a portfolio and everything to, to get into the major and I was just like mm, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I was uh going to try to go to college again after uh having to drop out the first time uh it was like several years later I applied to a more local college and I got in and then I was in the middle of putting together a portfolio for the film school and then I was like, I don't want to, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got accepted, and I just never went. <laughs> Oops. I could have gone to the school and not done the film major, but I was like, I don't want to go unless I do a film major, but then I, it's a general education school, so I have to take math classes, and, like, mm. I'm not about this <laughs> life, so. <laughs> That's why I took college algebra in high school, and then I never had to take any math in in college. Actually, that's a lie. I took statistics in college because I thought that I was going to need it for a major that I didn't end up doing. That's good. Yeah. I just sucked at math, and I'm like, I legit haven't taken a math class since 2007, so <laughs> no thanks. I'm not going to remember any of this shit. <laughs> it's also crazy how much easier some of it is when you actually try to look at it now, as opposed to when you're a child. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I know for me, I had, like, like, I have that thing where if I'm not good at something, immediately I quit. <laughs> and I had a huge block against math for ever since like fourth grade like fourth yeah. grade is when math started getting difficult for me and like I mean I was never diagnosed but I do like I'm pretty sure I do have a math learning disability yeah it's like it's like dyslexia but for numbers and dyscalculia yeah I I was gonna say it and I was like I always mispronounce it so mm -hmm. I'm not going to but yeah it's that and it's not even just mixing up numbers it's also has to do with like you are bad at directions yeah. You can't read sheet music. It's a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff. And I was like, I was reading the symptoms. I'm like, this explains my whole fucking life. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm bad coordination. That's me. <laughs> it's like... Um, just like everything feels like a big deal to this couple in this movie. <laughs> and they're, they're very emotional and imbalanced. Oh, and, yeah. um... I wouldn't want to be in a relationship where I'm fighting with someone all the time. No, like, are absolutely you not. That's, it's like, it's not... I mean, of course couples are going to fight. I'm not saying you should never fight ever. It, well, that's, like, unrealistic. And also, that that's a sign of something unhealthy, too, if you're never yeah. arguing. But it means you're not communicating correctly. But, yeah, Chris um, and I argue all the time, but we never fight. We argue yeah, about yeah. silly stuff, and then we're like, okay, now we solved the problem because we argued about it, and then we made fun of ourselves because we were arguing, and then yes. we talked about it for real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, just, like, I don't... Uh... It just sounds so tiring. It's like, why? You know, <laughs> just why? Life's it so is. hard already. Why do you have to make it more complicated and worse for yourself, you know? <laughs> right? Don't be the cat knocking over the water glass. Like, <laughs> you, you're better than that. That's our motivational message for it today. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, so that's been another episode. Uh, follow us, please, on Twitter at YWT Podcast. And please rate and review us on iTunes, especially review. 
even just a one word review just like good <laughs> just and yeah, not really but you know just say something we like, like. To hear. <laughs> check mark <laughs> it's like nice one <laughs> uh but yeah we'd like to hear back and hear what you guys think um so yeah i've been jackie i've been lita and this is why haven't you watched that